0: Food for Thought on News Talk 760 WJR is presented by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and by the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food-secure state. Here's your host, Dr. Phil Knight. Welcome back to Food for Thought. Everyone, thanks for listening. Ordinary doing the extraordinary. That is very exciting to see. I think it probably happens far more often than we have the opportunity to realize. There are people around us every day that are investing their one handful of life, and they are doing extraordinary things that have tremendous impact. Recently in Traverse City, I sat down with a man who told me he kept falling up the ladder of success. What a visual. After interviewing him for the show, I thought, you aren't falling up the ladder of success. You are falling up the ladder of influence. Stephen Ritz is an ordinary guy who saw a need and discovered a way to impact the young lives around him. His leadership journey has taken him from the Bronx Riviera to the White House and back, simply because he cared what kids were eating, how often they attended school, and if they were graduating. Because of Steven, an ordinary guy who cared about the kids in his school, who are in the poorest congressional district in America, the Bronx, New York, he is doing extraordinary things and so are his students. Stay tuned because Steven is high energy and fun to listen to as he tells his story of influence and how he has created food security and the most dire of circumstances for his students. We'll be right back with Stephen Ritz in just a moment. Get in touch with the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Visit fbcmich.org. Welcome back to Food for Thought, everyone. As promised, our guest Stephen Ritz is with us, and we are in Traverse City, Uh, at the Farm Bureau Insurance Agents Conference with uh, big announcements coming later today. We won't spoil that surprise yet. But, Stephen, welcome to Food for Thought. Well, thank you kindly. It's great to have you in Michigan. And um, I guess let's start at the beginning. I mean, tell us about yourself, and then we'll get to some of the transformational ideas and things that you've been able to help create that have impacted so many people in a positive way super so thrilled to be back in Traverse City was here many
1: years ago for a TEDx talk that was just spectacular so a big shout out to TEDx Traverse City and all my friends and people here Um, but I am the self-proclaimed CEO chief eternal optimist of Bronx County. I am an educator. I'm an urban farmer. I like to say I'm a people farmer, and I am founder of Green Bronx Machine, an impact-driven organization uh, with charitable status. And uh, I'm the author of a book, A Power of the Plant, and I like to say I grow vegetables. My vegetables grow students, um, schools, communities, and opportunities. And from the poorest congressional district in America, I'm here to say, si se puede, this is our moment, and we can make Epic happen.
0: That's awesome. Well we're, well, we're tracking right along with you here in Michigan. We believe that we're at a crossroads where great things can happen for uh, people, particularly the vulnerable populations that we're serving through our network at the Food Bank Council and our seven food banks uh, across the state. So. So, uh, how I, did commend this... I commend you for that. I commend you for that. Well, thank you. We we really want to be a part of the solution. We don't want to be a part of the problem, and um, so we're we're adjusting, we're innovating, we're learning, and uh, we want to we want to we want to stay in your shadow there and and uh, keep that eternal optimism going. I love yeah, that. Yeah, I
1: keep falling up the ladder of success. It's absolutely remarkable.
0: It, uh, that, well, that's uh, we should all follow your example. That's 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 exciting. So, tell us about. Kind of what? What was the pivotal thing here? That so, I've had a couple of pivotal mo- pivotal moments in my
1: career. I'm an educator, a lifelong educator, hailing from the South Bronx since 1984, or B- wow. B- before cell phones and the internet and all these things that children can't seem to imagine life without. And in my 30-plus years of teaching, you know, I, I became a teacher by accident. I'm still waiting for the MBA to call. So if they're listening, right. <laughs> this is the last year. But, you know, I started working with some of the most distressed and dysfunctional populations in New York City for a lot of reasons. And both of it is is a function of poverty. Um, in some of the most disconnected and dysfunctional school environments you could imagine, and had tremendous success with students academically, um, which was just wonderful. Uh, Fast forward 20 years or so later, I had some personal tragedy in my life, um, Mm -hmm. and I just took a job to be closer to home um, physically in the Bronx to to uh, comfort my wife and my family, we had some tragedy, hmm. and wound up inheriting the most dysfunctional school in all of New York City—a high school with a seventeen percent graduation rate, wow. a high school that had two hundred and fifty-six felonies committed in the building, um, and all sorts Jeez. of uh, all sorts of other issues. And all along the way, they asked me to teach science and guess what I had no science background so I put out this call for help and you know people I needed help help something to do I have 17 kids a bulk of whom are ex-offenders who are stuck with me in a science class I don't know science I don't know anything and wouldn't you know I get this amazing phone call a week later mr. it's come to the principal's office <laughs> and I'm thinking oh my god am I in trouble and she goes no no we've got this box for you and I am like thank you Lord and my prayer has been answered and I I walk in, and there's this huge box in the principal's office, and I can't wait to open it. In fact, I'm like a kid on Christmas. My prayer, it's going to be microscopes, something, laptops, tablets, something that's going to engage these children. And I open it up, and in this box are, like, onions. Like a box of onions. And I am like, what the you-know-what is this? Dejected. I walk back to class. I'm like, I don't know what this is, but they certainly look like weapons. And I pictured just these kids who were bigger, more tattooed, and had more piercings than me, just <laughs> taking these things and throwing them at me and each other for the duration of the school year. So I hid them. I hid them behind a radiator, one of those old steam radiators oh, yeah, facing right. the window. Sure. And lo and behold, fast forward six weeks later, we had a. Uh, the making of a fight in class. And uh, this boy was teasing this girl who was well over 200 pounds, tattoos, the whole bit, and she gets up to really knock him out. And instantly, I see my career ending in slow motion. <laughs> and then the little guy grabs under the radiator, and he was a gang member, and he comes thinking, oh, my God, out comes my career is finally over. Teachers' right. worst scenario, and now sure. more than ever, you can imagine why. And... Instead, he comes up with a handful of flowers and starts waving them in this girl's face. And by accident, he reaches on the radio to get something, comes out with a handful of flowers and starts waving them in this girl's face. And the whole class stopped. The fight stopped, and that's what we call in the South Bronx a teachable moment. It turned (laughs) out that those onions were daffodil bulbs, and they were sent to me to plant, and I never read the instructions and just hid them. And the steam and the heat and the sun from the back of the radiator and the moisture forced these bulbs, and we had hundreds of flowers in this gang classroom. (laughs) And uh, the boys wanted to give them to the girls, and the girls wanted to uh, sell them and give them to their moms, and that's when I said, hey, we're on to something. And that year, my students and I, planted 25,000 daffodil bulbs across New York City to commemorate 9-11. This group of dysfunctional young adults wound up winning an award from city council who thought they were the college-bound program. So it spoke to what is possible with some supervision. And we gave birth to a movement that I like to call Green Green Graffiti and started an urban farming revolution that has literally taken us from our greenhouse to the White House and from Hope to the Pope. We got to meet Pope Francis. and started me on an odyssey. And I like to say that 60,000 pounds of vegetables later, my favorite crop is organically grown citizens, graduates, members of the middle class, children who are going to college and children who are eating themselves into good health. And along the way, you know, I lost over 120 pounds. So I have eaten my way to good health. I'm bringing sexy back, but in a community with limited means and limited access to fresh food, community that is the poorest congressional district in the United States, A community that has the highest-grossing dominoes per square foot in America and no supermarkets. Right. Um, You know, we are growing our own. And we're now doing it 365 days a year using Tower Garden technology and 100-year-old buildings. We are reclaiming schools and reclaiming classrooms to grow food all year long, aligned to academic goals. Um, you know, content area instruction in sure. Common Core. So we're not a band aid. We're not an after-school program. We're not the garden guy. This is whole-school instruction. The art and science right. of growing vegetables aligned to Common Core and content area instruction. And we have transformed the lens of public education and public health outcomes in one of the most challenged communities in all of America. And the model's being replicated everywhere, from Chicago to Canada to Columbia. I just partnered with the NHL in uh, Chicago. Mm -hmm. I'm across Canada. I'll be traveling to Dubai, so from, quote, unquote, the food desert to the Middle East desert. And I loathe that food desert term, and we can talk about that a little more later. But, um, you know, I've just been chronicling my story. Uh, Wrote a book called The Power of a Plant, which supports the movement. So if you're out there and you love to read, it's The Power of a Plant. Please go get a copy and help us grow something greater and inspire healthy living and inspire healthy giving all around the world. And, you know, I'm a guy who believes that. No, much like you, let's not draw lines, but let's make big inclusive circles that grow something greater for everybody.
0: That's exactly. What a great story. Great Yeah,
1: And I'm just getting started. I know. Yeah, Yeah. just getting started. I got a little bit of energy.
0: We're going to take a quick break here with Stephen Ritz. We're in Traverse City here at the Traverse uh, Resort and Spa. And uh, we're attending the Farm Bureau Insurance Agents uh, Convention. And uh, there's a couple of big announcements coming later. Uh, Stephen's going to be doing the uh, keynote speaker. So it's a big day here for Farm Bureau Insurance and a great day for the Food Bank Council of Michigan and our network of food banks across the state. You come back and be with us in just a moment. It's Food for Thought with Dr. Phil Knight on WJR. Welcome back to Food for Thought. We're coming to you from the Traverse City Resort and Spa at the Farm Bureau Insurance uh, Agents Convention. And I got to say a special thanks to uh, Jim Robinson, the CEO for uh, Farm Bureau Insurance, and the Senior Vice President for Marketing, Vic Virturo, for having me here. And the opportunity to talk with Stephen Ritz, who is an ordinary guy, doing extraordinary things. One of the things that Stephen has said is you can't run a Ferrari on vinegar. And I love that. And and you're going to hear him talk here, uh, you know, in just a few minutes in this segment. And he's going to talk to you about kids who aren't well-fed will never be well-read. And it's one thing for us to put the requirements on our public school system to make sure kids are at third grade, reading level by third grade. But if we're going to put that requirement on them, I think we're going to have to give them the tools they need in order to meet the needs that the kids have, and in our case particularly, that's going to be food and access to healthy, nutritious food. So it's Stephen Ritz, and he's with me here in Traverse City. We're at the Farm Bureau Insurance Agents Conference. And uh, he's going to be giving an address here uh, in a little while, a couple of hours from now. And if it's as nearly as exciting as he is in this room now, these agents are going to be, uh, they'll be ready to charge hell with a water pistol.
1: Well, that's the whole idea. The whole idea is to set these wonderful people from Michigan from all walks of life, you know, Um, Ordinary people doing extraordinary things and without letting the cat out of the bag. As you well know, there's a great announcement today that I'm so proud of and so proud to be a part of. Right. But to see agents from from cities, from the country, people who have a quality of assurance for life, to help mitigate the risks of everyday life, to grow something greater and create and brand this big, new, bold initiative that is really going to transform lives here in the great state of Michigan is, man, oh, man, so exciting. What a great state, and I'm learning so much about how much farming
0: goes on here. Oh, it's incredible. Michigan rocks! Yeah, the second largest... Uh, big well, the blue second is mo- really big green. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> true. Second most diverse agricultural state in the U.S., second only to California. Correct. And I'm so, learning more every minute. Just thrilled to be here. Well, great. We're excited to have you. There's so many things that you touched on uh, that we're we're having the same thoughts about to help people remove the toxic stress of food insecurity. In other words, what am I going to eat and what am I going to give my kids? And take that off the table, take hunger off the table and replace it with access to healthy, nutritious food. You have seen the impact of that over and over and over. And it just leads us to a conclusion here in Michigan that in a lot of our social programming, we got a lot of great people doing a lot of great things but at some point we have to sit down and realize as maslow did as abraham maslow did that it's food first
1: right children will never be well read if they're not well-fed. So, creating the biggest, you know, diminishing the achievement gap really starts by increasing the nutritional gap. So, we don't need more food and we don't need cheap food. Right. We need better food for more people. We are living in a world of abundance and it's time that we start looking for comprehensive solutions, paradigm shifts that are going to move those who are part from success to those who are a part of success in ways that benefit 100 Percent of society, hmm. the band-aids you know have got to stop. This kind of uh, bucket brigade mentality of ending hunger right. is absolutely absurd. Right, and it can stop. It can stop, and we have the ability, the technology, and more important, the compassion and empathy as a nation to solve this. I, I agree with time. you.
0: I agree with you. I, I'm we. One of the things I we try to say here on Food for Thought is that hunger is not bigger than we are it's not better than we are and it's not beyond us to solve and this, the second thing to follow up with that and we quote president obama is that nobody's coming after us it's us right. we are the answer But right. well, why we not are the ones we're waiting for you know yeah, it's, exactly. it's no longer
1: us versus them it's us versus ourselves so are we <laughs> willing to you know continue in an extraction economy which continues to take the health wealth and opportunity out of certain communities leaving death disease and disease in its wake or are we willing to grow something greater and you know let me tell you no I was more honored than I was to be invited to the Obama White House and mm-hmm. I will tell you when Mrs. Obama started talking about healthy food I sat in front of the White House listening to her speak weighing 320 pounds in a t-shirt with a 52 inch waist mm-hmm. saying you know what I can do this. And, you know, three years later, there I was, a champion of change at the White House and thrilled to put our technology on the back lawn of the White House for South by South lawn. And it's proof that anybody can succeed. So if I can, you can. I like Mm. to say that we are (laughs) Americans, Mexicans, Dominicans. Cans, African-American cans. And I would love to see this nation move from the divisive notion of red states and blue states to United States, of green states, living eloquently and ecologically in line with Mother Nature, healing ourselves and healing the world. And that, to me, is what this is all about.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, you're, you're definitely a uh, part of the solution. I'm trying. I'm one guy in a bow tie uh, <laughs> determined to,
1: to end hunger and, and, and poverty in my community in this lifetime. And remarkably, we're getting closer and closer to that every day. And it's really about empowering local people. Yeah. So, you know, Superman's not coming. Right, um, You know, the man on the white horse is not coming. And we have to stop looking outside of ourselves for this solution and start looking within communities. I believe that the greatest natural resource in America is the untapped potential residing in marginalized and low-status communities, both here mm-hmm. and, and all around the world. Absolutely. Think of that untapped potential just waiting to, to bloom and blossom and be fruitful. And remarkably, it needs just that good, you know, good gasoline, healthy food. clean clean
0: water and good health care. Well, we believe for sure that if you can take hunger off the table and replace it with access to healthy, nutritious food and people stop living under that toxic stress of food security, then many of the challenges they have in their life, whether they be economic or jobs or education, whatever they might be, they'll really begin to solve a lot of those themselves. But if you're hungry... You You only got one problem. If you're
1: hungry, right, you only have one problem. And if you look at kids who are chronically obese, chronically diseased, chronically dizzy, you look at how that impacts every aspect of their school, their personal, their Mm self-esteem, all that work production. It is mind-boggling. And to think we can fix that with something called food and actually grow it in school or in our communities using 90% less water and 90% less space is mind-numbing, who knew? But a seed well-planted as you farmers here in the great state of Michigan know can give you a crop of epic proportions.
0: Wow, it's amazing. So, before we go any further, tell us how folks can find you and the book, and where oh, do we get that? Oh, sure, sure,
1: it? sure. So, please do us, do me a favor. Check out the children on the Green Bronx Machine Facebook page. It is Green Bronx is in the city. Green Bronx Machine. Uh, we have a very active Facebook page. My name is Stephen Ritz. S-T-E-P-H-E-N-R-I-T-Z. Um, I also have a website, but most importantly, we have a book out called The Power of a Plant. Uh, It's by Rodale, and it has 45 of the nation's greatest luminaries blurbing the book and talking about what is possible and how we can solve this problem. So, Stephen Ritz, Green Bronx Machine, The Power of a Plant. Check out our website. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm relatively active on Twitter, and... um, Just reach out to me. I'm at Stephen at StephenRitz.com, and that is S-T-E-P-H-E-N-R-I-T-Z, and it is GreenBronxMachine.org. Si se puede.
0: I love it. GreenBronxMachine.org, and the book is Power of a Plant. The Power of a Plant. I'm going to get you to hold that thought, Stephen, for just a moment, because we're going to come right back in just a moment. You're listening to Food for Thought with Dr. Phil Knight. Brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Welcome back to Food for Thought, everyone. We're at the Traverse City Resort with Stephen Ritz. Uh, that's R I T Z. And he, of course, is the author of The Power of a Plant. And what is amazing to me about the concept here is how powerful. Food is in a person's life. I mean, we do with this every day. The seven food bankers serving all of our state, we see it, but yet sometimes when you see it a little differently, you, you, maybe you can't see the forest for the trees, you see the power of food, the power of a plant, as Stephen has written. And so it's great to be back with you, Stephen, here at the Traverse City and the Farm Bureau uh, Insurance uh, Agents Conference. Kind of a strange place for us to meet, but I'm sure glad that we've met. Tell me a little bit about the book. So the book,
1: well, I love the book, and not because I wrote the book, but because I read the book. So it is 100% inspiration, perspiration, dedication, motivation, and really chronicles my odyssey Uh as a teacher um, in one of the most challenged communities in America— It highlights many of my students and lessons learned along the way. So there's a blueprint in there. There's a Green Bronx Machine manifesto. There's some growing guides. It's part prescription, mostly inspiration. Right. uh, But there's a lot of good advice and people. It's gotten 45 five-star reviews, by the way. So people are loving it. People read it in one shot. Um, Literally, we just debuted on our website a, a new video from the Karma Network. We've been featured by major, you know, media around the world. But most importantly, at the end of the day, I have 785 kids who are happy, healthy, and are creating a whole new paradigm for what urban education can look like. And we're connecting with farmers all around the world, which is awesome, both big city farmers and little city farmers and farmers in Africa and farmers in Colombia. Um, So it is remarkable. But when you put a seed in a child's hand, you're making a promise. You're promising them that 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 child, that that seed is going to grow into something great, just like they are. Mm -hmm. And children really respond to that. Absolutely. So without farmers, we'd all be naked and hungry. So when children learn that, you know, they get a big (laughs) kick out of that too.
0: Well, that fits right in with a lot of the initiatives that are here with Farm Bureau Insurance and Michigan Farm Bureau. And, um, uh, oh, what an
1: awesome state and what awesome initiatives. And just a big shout out to all the great people of this incredibly green but blue state. Uh, the great, you know, big blue, uh, big blue, but it's really to me big green and so inclusive of everybody. And it's not about politics, it's really about humanity.
0: Yeah, we. I think that's definitely true. You know, on here on the show, we in the first year we had 62 guests in 52 weeks, and um, not one of them wanted hunger to continue. Amazing.
1: Yeah, I don't think. Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, I'm sure your guests don't, and I think you know, in some places people do. It's a way of controlling people. It's a hmm. way of, of you know, kind of keeping the status quo. I like to think I'm somewhat disruptive for a greater global good. Right. Uh, nothing would throw me. And I'm not anti-business, don't get me wrong, but I'd like to move from a mo- notion of health care to self-care um, Instead of a pill for every ill Let food be thy medicine And let medicine be thy food mm-hmm. And if people come together around the table I'm not one to build walls But to set a big huge round table And see how I can be as inclusive Sharing and, and communal as possible And right. I think children around the world Resonate with that great idea
0: Yeah, I think the, the point that we realized As we did the show this year Was that Um you know we had uh, re- we had republicans we had democrats we had healthcare people we had educators we we had everybody from every seemingly walk of life come on the show and talk about their personal experience with food insecurity you know like many of them came on and said you know i think i grew up food insecure and i just didn't know it you know there my mom wasn't eating as much on at the end of the month than you know, so that we kids could have. And people told stories like that. And it was amazing that no one was advocating, and I understand your point that some want the status quo, but our guest, Nobody want it. Oh, I wants it. Everybody wants to solve is it. a warm,
1: fuzzy room, Dr. Knight. So yeah. I think, you know, you attract your tribe. Your vibe attracts your tribe, so to speak. And I think the people you are speaking to and the people that you are attracting really resonate with this notion that we are the ones that we're waiting for.
0: Right. I, and that's true. And, and, and so this. that opens up conversations with the business community, the corporate world, uh, uh, I mean, Farm Bureau Insurance here, a corporation right. with a conscience that's saying, we want to be a part of the solution. And we're gonna not just put our money where our mouth is, we're gonna put our time and our talent Correct. to it as well. Right, it's not about checking a box, it's really about making an impact. It is, right. absolutely. So um, we, we talked about food deserts a minute ago, and we wanted to circle back to that. So talk to me a little bit about your your thoughts and perspectives so
1: i don't like the term food desert because i kind of think it's a media term mm-hmm. and more often than not marginalized communities or low status communities aren't food deserts they're food swamps there's tons of crap there it's right. just not real food True. So I think, you know, food deserts is a kind of term that sounds real sexy. People say, oh, we're going to solve the food desert. No, we need to solve the real food crisis. Mm-hmm. We need to stop targeting communities for certain kinds of single serve products, um, you know, for right. cheap calories. You know, we don't need more food. We need better food for more people. So I think there are food challenge communities. I think there are food swamp communities. I think there are tremendous food, tremendous amount of communities that are food insecure. But I don't like that term food desert because right. it kind of sounds like an environmental uh, kind of concern when it's really a man-made issue. Sure. Um, you know, don't blame the environment. You know, let's really don't outsource that to some kind of ecological principle. It's really a business principle. And we've got to start putting the health and wealth, emotional well-being of communities before profits of other communities. And that's that's where, you know, and we've got to make food accessible. And that's kind of what I love doing. By growing foods in my school, in classroom, 365 days a year, regardless of seasonality, I'm making food accessible and teaching children what it is, that input equals output, both in their body and in terms of the environmental inputs of food, the water, the time, the energy, the concern, the love, and the compassion. All these things add up for a
0: kinder, gentler, more empathetic, caring world. And that, to me, is what it's all about. Yeah, It, it is what it's about. And I think that's one of the things I'm really proud of about our network of the the Food Bank Council and the seven food banks is it's not just emergency food. And I do like the term you use. Uh, I've never been a fan of food desert either uh, because it's not – There is some food. It's It's a mess. I call it a food mess. Manufactured edible synthetic substances.
1: We've got more crap sitting in plastic bags that's good for a lifetime than any one person needs to ever look at. (laughs) And more often than not, they're in those communities that we call
0: food deserts. Right. So swamp is a better, much better term.
1: Swamp is a better term, but sometimes, you know, those are the only choices you have. And, you know, we've got to stop looking at gas stations and pharmacies as our places to get food.
0: Our liquor stores. Right. So, you know, one of the things that we've done, and I think this will encourage you, is Gleaner's Community Food Bank down in southeast Detroit. And my co-host, Jerry Brisson, is the CEO and the president of uh, Gleaner's. They've started a pilot called the My Neighborhood Mobile Grocery, and what they did was do a marketing analysis. They figured out the 32 uh, staple products that people want and need, and they started from there. And they add fresh produce with education and recipes, and 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 there's uh, price breaks that you know when you spend twenty dollars, you get a you get a gallon of milk for a dollar, those kind of things. The bottom line is the business model sustains itself, and it. For SNAP dollars, it adds 40% over retail's lowest cost. Yeah, kudos to you,
1: and we're doing that, and it's the same thing in the South Bronx. I want to encourage people to, number one, embrace the uglies. Uh, given right. that I have a face for radio, uh, you know, <laughs> you don't always have to look good to be good. Right. So, you know, healthy, fresh food doesn't have to be perfectly shaped. And one of the things that we specialized in doing in the South Bronx is connecting local people to local farmers who had ugly fresh fruit and produce that they couldn't sell for top dollar in gourmet markets and would otherwise go to the garbage. And now we've connected these local people with local farmers with food stamps and snap dollars right. to grow something greater. supporting local economies, yep. and that means that you know people aren't buying sugar-sweetened beverages. They're not buying crap. Um, they're really buying healthy, fresh food and supporting local farmers, and the impact on school attendance, on school performance, on family health, on family satisfaction has been phenomenal. We have 38 families now that are getting groceries every week in a community right. where, ooh, there are no groceries. No, right. it's just redefining the business paradigm. Right.
0: That's it. Redefining the business paradigm. Um, we, have a, we receive a grant here in Michigan and a little throw out to the state of Michigan, who's invested in this problem, right? It's their citizens, correct? And so uh, we receive a grant every year from the state of Michigan and we call it MASS, Michigan Agricultural Surplus System. And we use those dollars to do exactly what you're talking about, and that's by farmers' seconds. So we average about 12 to 13 cents a pound for food and when you take the USDA number of 1.2 pounds for a meal or everything, it becomes a, a, a sizable impact. And so I, you know, it's, it's an opportunity for us to highlight what we need to do more of, the public-private partnerships. Public-private
1: partnerships are so win-win. And it's not always about money either, it's really sometimes just about capacity. Right. It's about doing things that add value. One and one doesn't have to equal two. I like when one and one makes 11.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right, I like, that. Yeah, I, like exactly. that. I like
1: that too. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I add like that as well. <laughs> everything has to have a multiplier effect. And around health, education, and opportunity for children, it really does. Realize when you get a child on a healthy trajectory for attendance, nutrition, and school performance, everything changes. Right. Everything changes, not only for that child, but for that entire family and that community.
0: That's, a, that's exactly right. Stephen Ritz, what's the last word for us here on Food for Thought? Si se
1: puede. Make Epic happen, and to the wonderful people in this great state, thank you for your warm, cordial, loving welcome. And remember, the answers are right in front of us. So let's do it. Let's not sleep on our laurels. Let's get out there and grow something greater. How we walk with the wounded speaks far greater than how we sit with the great. So let's get out there and make Epic happen.
0: I love it. Let's make Epic happen. Stephen Ritz, you can find him at com. Correct, com or Green Bronx Machine. And the
1: book is The Power of a Plant. And write to my kids on Facebook. They'll be sure to write you back.
0: Love it, love it. Thanks so much for being our guest today. Thanks for being in Michigan. And most of all, thank you, sir, for how you're investing your one handful of life. Thank you kindly. Well, We'll be back in just a moment. This is Dr. Phil Knight. You're listening to Food for Thought on WJR. Cool. Awesome. Awesome sauce, man.
1: It's Food for Thought with Dr. Phil Knight. Presented by the Food Bank Council of
0: Michigan. Once again, here's Dr. Phil Knight. Thanks for listening, everyone. It's food for thought here on WJR. My co-host uh, Jerry Brisson, president of Gleaners and chairman of the board for the Food Bank Council of Michigan, uh, was unable to be with me here, and I had the opportunity to interview Stephen. So, if you're waiting for Jerry to chime in with his uh, usual wit and wisdom, you're going to have to tune in next week. And uh, but he'll be back with me, and uh, it's been uh, it's been an exciting time here. Stephen said he's falling up the ladder of success and really I as I mentioned in the monologue he's falling up the ladder of influence because the influence he's had over kids who were destitute not of just food but of hope has been just so inspiring 43% of the students in his district were graduating before he introduced this idea of how to create food security in your own life. And now more than 90% of those students are graduating. I encourage you to look at stephenritz.com. He talked about it in the show. And and you're going to find uh, some testimonies there uh, about the the difference that one person can make. And maybe you're not thinking that you're, you have the ability to really change much or change things. And this is an ordinary guy doing extraordinary things. And, um, and you look at his testimonials from people who are, uh, uh, huge influencers in their own right. And it is just, uh, absolutely exciting and inspiring to see who and what he's done. So it's, it's great. And And I want to just encourage you that, that, you can make a difference in this mission as well. And you can come alongside of us here at the Food Bank Council and our network of seven food banks across the state. Uh, Special shout out to, I'm in Traverse City, so we have great partners here. And that's all through the the food bank uh, serving this area, Feeding America West Michigan and their CEO, Ken Estelle. Um, It's just a tremendous thing to be a part Uh, I got the easiest job in the world. I get to brag on these seven leaders that are uh, working diligently to create food security across their region. So I guess it's time for a little food for thought. George Washington Carver is one of my favorite people in history. I quote him often. When you can do the common things of life in an uncommon way, you will command the attention of the world said George Washington Carver. Certainly, Stephen Ritz is doing common things in and in an uncommon way. His influence is growing and is powerful, particularly with his students. As I closed this interview with Stephen, I couldn't help but think of another GWC quote when he said, no individual has the right to come into this world and go out of it without leaving behind him a distinct and legitimate reason for having passed through it. May time and history find that we who are investing our one handful of life into this big enormous challenge of creating food security for our hungry neighbors are doing things in uncommon ways that give us a sense of significance and our clients an opportunity to thrive. Thanks for listening. Come back next week and every week as Jerry and I work to create the positive momentum necessary to solve hunger across Michigan. Find us at foodsecuremichigan.org and remember, food first, folks. Food first. Food for Thought has been a presentation of Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Creating a food secure state.